First up tonight, let's head to Ottawa. The former police chief there, Peter Slowly, was back in front of the Emergencies Act inquiry for a second day today. Uh, and that he described the situation in the city during the convoy protest as a tinderbox ready to explode. Those are the words he used. He got into a heated exchange with a lawyer for the Ottawa police who suggested Slowly was concerned about losing his job. While streets were gridlocked by protesters, the inquiry, of course, is looking into the federal government's use of the Emergencies Act in response to those uh, that blockade, the so-called Freedom Convoy that caused those huge gridlocks in downtown Ottawa and at multiple border crossings in January and February. A lawyer representing Slowly's former employer, Ottawa Police, was pressing the former chief about why he resigned right after the Emergencies Act was invoked and whether he was trying to blame his deputy chiefs for the handling of the ongoing occupation of downtown Ottawa. I suggest that on February 9th, so a couple days later now, um, you were pretty concerned that you would lose your job and be blamed for what had happened. Absolutely not, sir. Okay. And what you were looking for was to blame somebody else. Absolutely not, sir. Um, you at some point decided that you could blame Deputy Chief Bell at the time for not planning for this event. That is absolutely incorrect, sir, and I really take offense to that notion. Thank you. So you can see it got a little uh, testy today at the inquiry. Slowly, of course, as I mentioned, resigned as police chief at the height of the demonstrations on February 15th. That was a day after the Emergencies Act was, in fact, invoked. Well, joining me now with more on this, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes with Ottawa Police today as well. No one knows that better than Luke Lebrun. He's the editor of Press Progress, and he's been covering the inquiry. Luke, thank you for your time. Yeah, nice to uh, talk to you, Ben. So tell me about uh, about Peter Slowly's testimony. I mean, two days, he's been, he was sort of the main, I guess the most anticipated of the early witnesses uh, on the policing side uh, it, it got a little testy in there today. What's what was going on? Yeah, that's right. I mean, just uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, slowly been testifying for two days. I mean, I guess he wrapped up today, but I mean, he's been but clearly the longest uh, on the stand out of anyone who's been uh, who's been testifying. Uh, you know, previous to this, we've heard from uh, mainly from a lot of Ottawa police and uh, provincial OPP officers basically for the last several days uh but yeah i mean the last two days friday and um and and today uh you know slowly was on the stand day one was sort of slowly's opportunity to tell his side of the story you know through his perspective and uh you know in fairness i do think that uh slowly did uh say some things that might give the public reason to empathize with some of the challenges he was facing you know he was talking uh, you know, he's just talking about how Ottawa police lacked uh, the number of bodies to respond to something the size of the convoy. Um, you know, they only had a couple hundred officers at any given time, and they were dealing with something that had, you know, several hundred vehicles in the, in the streets, as well as thousands of people in the, in the streets. Um, you know, as well, he shared details about violent assaultive behavior was the word that he used uh, by convoy supporters where they were, you know, actually, you know, just randomly assaulting Ottawa residents in the streets. He talked about how uh, police officers and city workers had been, you know, actually swarmed uh, overnight. Uh, there was another incident that was, you know, very strange where um, they brought in a group of uh, Indigenous elders uh, to try to uh, negotiate with a, a group of um of uh, convoy supporters in a downtown park and uh basically the the you know algonquin elders were treated badly and he said they were they were physically attacked by the the convoy supporters uh 
Um, so, I mean, he, he gave a lot of that kind of testimony on the first day. He also gave some insights into, like, some of the organizational problems that he, you know, objectively inherited when he came into the job, you know, slowly was recruited, um, you know, to bring in culture change in the Ottawa police because they were dealing with a lot of, you know, toxic workplace issues, workplace bullying, sexual harassment, racism, that kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, slowly was Ottawa's first black police chief. And, yeah, um, he, you know, he, he felt came from that, Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, he felt that he was being actively sabotaged by people within the Ottawa Police Service. So that was kind of the first half of, uh, you know, Slowly's testimony on, on, yeah. on Friday. It's yeah. interesting, interesting to get that perspective. I mean, clearly, clearly we were watching a dysfunctional police force at work. Uh, it was interesting to find out why that dysfunction may have been. Today, though, he got challenged on his version of events, though. Yeah, that's right. And so, I mean, you know, on day two, he's being cross-examined. So that's the opportunity for some of the other parties that have standing to, you know, poke holes in his, his story. And, you know, certainly there were, you know, at one point, uh, you know, he was, uh, he basically threw his number two under the bus and, and accused them of uh, Deputy Chief Ferguson, basically accused her of, uh, you know, making dishonest statements and notes, uh, trying to kind of build up a case that he was the one to be blamed. So there's a lot of finger pointing going back and forth. Uh, There's kind of a bizarre moment where uh, slowly was, you know, asked about statements that he made where he was uh, basically threatening to cut off um, another officers a part of their anatomy which uh, you know is the family right, shows yeah. i won't get into it but you know that right. that kind of stuff was we heard uh, today um and then also too there was uh there's a lot of uh, testimony relating to um, a public relations firm called navigator as right. well as um, another firm called asi which does sort of uh public opinion research that kind of stuff and Ottawa police we learned today actually paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to these pr firms to try to give them um, you know, advice on how to, you know, what kind of messages to give the public about what was going on uh, during the during, convoy. There was, yeah, during there was, the convoy. Yeah, yeah. They were spending this money during the convoy. Where, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there was one That's moment, cool. actually, where uh, they were talking about how, according to their research, you know, if the police moved in and cleared the streets, you know, they'd get a 10% uh, boost in support from people downtown. But outside of downtown, they risk getting a 50% hit. Uh, you know, which is just a really bizarre kind of way to uh, to run it a is. police force and enforce laws, right? So, I mean, what you what sounds like what you're describing, Luke, and this happens to lots of big organizations that Ottawa police basically turned into this sort of, you know, this 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 wasp's nest of a place uh, yeah. where you know public reputation was more important than doing the actual job, and everyone was out to stab each other in the back, and we saw the results of it when the convoy showed up. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, I mean, in the days leading up to Slowly's testimony, I mean, we were hearing from, uh, you know, from other police forces that were talking about how whenever they talked to Ottawa police, it was obvious to them that there was constant infighting. There's this one anecdote that I, I personally find quite, uh, you know, quite shocking to hear about. But basically, uh, you know, in downtown Ottawa, there's a really key intersection called uh, it's basically Rito and Sussex. And uh, they've mobilized about 400 police officers to uh, basically they were planning a police operation. They were going to clear the intersection. They had intelligence saying that there was an extremist group from Quebec that had basically marked as their territory and were kind of, you know, treating it like their their turf or whatever. And, um, you know, basically Ottawa police were just arguing with one another over who was in charge, nitpicking each other's plans. You know, they're just kind of being, you know, really uncooperative with one another. And uh, they ended up, after mobilizing 400 officers, you know, they just canceled the plan and never actually cleared the intersection. 
So, you know, these were the kinds of problems that were going on behind the scenes that the public didn't hear about uh, and we're now learning about during the uh, during the inquiry. Luke LeBrun is with us this half hour. He's the editor of Press Progress. He's been covering the Emergencies Act inquiry closely. Uh, Chief Peter Slowly, the former Ottawa police chief, Peter Slowly, uh, finished up his testimony today. He'd been on the stand for two days, which is the longest of any witness. He was certainly one of the most important witnesses. We found out a lot about both his take on things as well as what was going on behind the scenes. It wasn't pretty. Uh, as well as uh, uh, Luke was mentioning that Ottawa police were spending a whole bunch of money on market research while this was all happening, which again, just I was thinking about it over the break, Luke. I mean, it just it, it just boggles the mind. I mean, it, it's not so much. It's like someone thought that was a good idea. You know, hey, let's let's see. Let's see what you know. Let's see what they think of us in, you know, in in, in Vanier over this. You know, it's it's uh, anyway, you know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, other witnesses this week. Is, I hear, we're going to hear from convoy organizers this week. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So tomorrow we're going to hear from uh, a fellow by the name of Chris Barber. Uh, later in the week, uh, we'll hear from some of the other characters that uh, some people might uh, recognize the names. Uh, you know, people like James Bowder, uh, Tamara Leach, Daniel Bulford, um, Pat King, who's a quite a, you know, right. <laughs> But the character. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it should be uh, I mean, it, it is kind of interesting. Some of these some of these people do are pretty well known for being very colorful characters. So uh, I'm curious to see what happens when you put them up on a, uh, you know, put them in front of a camera and uh, let them talk for three or four hours. It might be interesting. Yeah. Luke, have you gotten a sense about how Justice Rouleau is going to try to make sure this doesn't turn into to a bit of a spectacle? That's a really good question. I'm not sure. Um, you know, most of the most of the uh, most of the witnesses so far have been pretty, uh, you know, pretty restrained. I mean, you have police, you have people who are, you know, professional. So it might be interesting to see uh, see what kind of testimony you get from someone like Pat King. Indeed, uh, you did a story today about Ottawa Police Service launching an investigation. One of the things that came up last week was some of this intelligence that was being used, at least within Ottawa Police, was of pretty dubious origin. At least it didn't rely on particularly reliable sources. You know, Rex Murphy, fine, but he's not hes not an intelligence expert by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what's going on there? There's a, an investigation going on into that, you said. Yeah, so last week, uh, you know, I broke a story about, uh, is one of the documents that was sort of, uh, you know, buried in the, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of documents that have been tabled as evidence during the inquiry. But uh, so basically, this is a January 25th intelligence report. Uh, you know, it's about three days before the trucks arrived in Ottawa. So this intelligence report was supposed to be providing a threat assessment of, you know, what are the convoy uh, participants? Like, what, what, what are their intentions? Are they you know, going to pose a threat to the to the city? You know, what, what are they what do they want? And, um, you know, the report contains a number of strange things, as you just mentioned. You know, it, it, it at one point expresses sympathy for protests against um, COVID-19 public health rules. It mocks local community activists at another point. And then, uh, as you say, you know, they, they quote extensively a National Post opinion column by Rex Murphy um, as intelligence on, like, what the motives of the, of the convoy supporters are. Um, so anyways, you know, I, I put that out. I, I showed it to some national security experts who have, are familiar with, you know, these kinds of intelligence reports. And they all said this is really unprofessional. They kind of questioned, like, who is this person who, who put it together? Because it seems pretty biased. You know, it just contains a lot of, you know, unsubstantiated opinions and editorializing and that kind of a thing. And um, 
so I put that story out last week, and then shortly after, I started getting uh, tips from people who were pointing me to uh, social media posts by the uh, intelligence officer for the Ottawa Police, who was, the, you know, the person in charge of this, uh, you know, gathering this intelligence prior to the the convoy's arrival. And um, I, there were a number of, you know, basically a number of comments posted on LinkedIn, uh, specifically where this person is. LinkedIn, <laughs> really? Yeah, LinkedIn of all. Yeah, that's right. LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn's uh, the one place uh, you don't express an opinion generally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The professional yeah. networking, uh, you know, thing looking for jobs and that sort of stuff. Right. Um, so, anyways, on LinkedIn, this uh, you know this Ottawa police intelligence officer. Um, I mean, it's under their name, and we we asked them, and they didn't deny it was them. But you know, under their name, uh, like these screenshots show this person um, ranting about how school teachers are Marxist indoctrinating children, uh, ranting about you know pronouns and diversity and inclusion policies, and you know how the federal government is you know promoting diversity and inclusion, that kind of a thing. And uh, so I brought that to the Ottawa police and their response to me was that uh, their professional standards unit is now reviewing the postings and taking a closer look at, uh, at the officers. So we'll see if that turns into a, you know, a formal investigation or, or what comes of that. Luke, uh, fa- it was a fascinating article. Uh, thank- and uh, thanks so much for your time. I mean, I look forward to see what happens the rest of the week. And I'll be watching when, uh, when the convoy organizers start taking this stand. It should, as you mentioned, there are a lot of colorful characters in there. So we'll, we'll see how uh, Justice Rouleau manages to keep it all under control. Luke, thank you so much for your time tonight. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night.